Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 573 of the Drunk Treasure Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and join me. We have the man, the myth, the legend himself, the man that taught, was taught English by Kevin Nash and only knows Steiner math, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Well, man, I'll tell you what, man, it's like 63 and a quarter and a third shit, man. You know, it's like it's. <laughs> tell me about it's the all... adjective play. The adjective play. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, anyway, I'm I'm doing pretty good, Tyler. I mean, it's been the same old, same old the workplace. You know, it's like hardworking, minimal staff because of issues. But other than that, though, it's just been it's just been like a long, hardworking week. But at the same point, though, I am happy because I got a three day weekend here coming up. Bitch. It's also the start of the fucking football season. It's oh. already started this Thursday with that was an excellent game though between mm-hmm. Kansas City and Detroit. But, yeah, I'm very hyped for tomorrow morning and stuff like that. That's when everything else is starting to go in the full gear. Obviously, fantasy football stuff. Going to see what the matchup's going to go through. And yeah. I guess you got a number of good points, though, for uh, my NFL fantasy things for uh, having both Pacheco and David Montgomery on my team. Mm. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, though, gaming stuff, yeah, I've been playing some little bits of stuff here and there. But... Uh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What else was I going to say here? But other than that, though, it's like <laughs> I've just been going, just trying things out, just dabbling things off and on, though. But how have you been doing, Tyler? Okay, well, I'm doing all right, you know. Uh, my, uh, I, had, I had a nice little um, five day weekend last week, so that was nice. Got to, you know, kind of recharge batteries a little bit. Definitely been running on E for a while now, so that was nice. And also timed out. It was, I didn't do it because of Starfield, but it timed out with Starfield being out. And then I just yep. did the, I talked about last week, I did the upgrade to the, the $30 upgrade to get the five day early access, which was just great and fantastic. Um, and just, uh, yeah, played a bunch of Starfield last week. It was really nice. Kind of depressing, you know, getting back into the grind now, um, which fucking sucks of, you know, going back to work and all that, you know, first world problems. And, you know, I'm at work. I'm just thinking about Starfield and mm. when I'm at home. I'm too tired to play Starfield. So when I get off work, so it's like, God damn it. So, um, but yeah, you know, doing all right. Otherwise, Gables. Uh, also, we're actually not going to talk about video games this week, guys. We're actually going to talk about Olivia Rodrigo's new album dropped yesterday, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to we're going to go we're going to go break down every single song song by song. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo's <laughs> new album Guts um, is out. We're going to talk about the first song, Gables. Let's talk about All American Bitch. What was your thoughts and reactions to it? Hmm. Hmm. Gables didn't listen to that. He didn't he didn't do the homework, Gables. I sent you a whole long. Google Docs about this. Let me double check. This. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Fuck, did we?" I know you're joking with me, man, but still, it's still. You never know. I could have done it. Don't get like. I, I, no, you, know you probably did, and I just didn't. No, I didn't. I, you know, but that, that's a. I wish if I would have thought about it before, like before just now, I would have done it, but I didn't. Um, so <laughs> if there's anything I I am committed to, it's the bit. And uh, if I would have known about the bit before, I would have done it. But no. Um, uh. That, that album dropped uh, yesterday, and it is fire. Ah. So, um, highly recommend people check that out. But uh, no, I'm doing otherwise. I'm doing otherwise. I'm doing pretty, pretty good, you know. Uh, you, you like I said, football is back. Uh, I'm super pumped for it. Got that Sunday ticket ready to go. Um, I'm gonna just be a fat piece of shit tomorrow from noon till the time I go to bed. I'm gonna eat some Oreos. Bought some Oreos, Gables. Got some the the, oh. the Halloween Oreos. Uh, oh, probably yeah. eat that whole fucking thing and like w- over the course of the, that time. Uh, I'm gonna eat poorly, like I always do, but more than usual. 
You're gonna uh, grind it, out them Oreos. You're gonna make a big old smoothie, and then you're oh just gonna God. have like this big old like just ranch dressing like hose in order to just to get. <laughs> this all sounds. I, I was down with the Oreos and the smoothies, but the ranch dressing hose sounds terrible. I don't like any of that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm doing I'm doing fine otherwise. Um, but if you like all this for some re- some odd reason and our weird and our weird asses, uh, please like, follow, subscribe, check us out wherever pods are on, podcast services are on. Please uh, look for us there. Up, Apple, Spotify, wherever wherever you're on, just. Drunk Dash Nerds, Drunk Nerds, look for us, you'll find us there. Subscribe, five-star reviews, just to, even if you don't listen to us there, just download it, please. You know, give us a little bump there in the, in the numbers. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit that like button, that follow button, that subscribe button, wherever it is. Uh, ring the bell if, you're, if that's something you're into. Um, and then, you know, tw- uh, Twitter, X, whatever the fuck it's called now, Facebook, Meta, whatever the fuck that's called now. Um, check the us out. Meta X. The Meta X. That, oh, my God, what if they merge? That'd be awful. <laughs> Um, that's what happens when they finally have that UFC fight is they, they like Elon and, uh, what's his face. They like merge together and they just become mm-hmm. one human. And then Dude. You know, yeah, they're they basically kind of merge together, like two magnemites and stuff with another magnemite that come right the magneton. So instead of like, they just not, instead of like just having like some sort of conjoined like type of like things and stuff, they just create themselves like a freaking like, um, like a fucking meta X sort of yeah. like bullshit or something where it's just like two M's and a goddamn Z just sticking up in the air. That sounds terrible. Well, the, the thing is though, when Magnemite, when Magneton or Magnemite turns into Magneton, they evolve. I don't really feel like that's evolving. Like they, we've definitely went down several more steps. So uh, it's a lose-lose for everybody, but that's probably what's going to happen. They're going to punch each other so hard that they just fuse into one. Um, but anyways, I don't know, that's a weird yeah. tangent. Uh, but the, every week we get together, we talk about video games, and I drink a little bit of a beer. I'm drinking this week Gables. I got a uh, so it's Oktoberfest season now, and I got this different Oktoberfest here. It's Oktoberfest Fest beer, and um, I was really excited about it. Spent a decent chunk of money on it. Six percent alcohol, so I got I got I'm oh, drinking. Oh you know I drink four, uh, four beers a night, but they're like three and a half, four percent usually. I'm only drinking three tonight because I, I I don't want to. You want to remember stuff tonight? Yeah, I want to make I'm, I won't make it to the podcast or drink a fourth one. I'm getting you know as Gables like to remind me all the time. I'm in my mid thirties now, so um, <laughs> I'm only drinking three. But it's just it's so it's disappointing beer, Gables. I was really I was really excited about it. You know, paid paid the premium price for this one, and it's just kind of it, there's no flavor to it. But anyways, let's pumpkin spice. Oh, I hate pumpkin spice. Uh, love the smell. Don't like don't like don't like tasting it. But anyways, let's get into some news. Um, not really a whole lot Gables going on, except for luckily uh, a Nintendo leaker, P Y O R O underscore X is his name on Twitter. Uh, he has been he's a pretty good leaker uh, of Nintendo news. Uh, he's the one that leaked all the, the the Mario Wonder stuff earlier in the year and. Okay. Saved my ass in multiple fantasy critic leagues where I drafted it uh, in January. I'm just following blindly following this guy's leak, and it, you know, it turned out uh, I was uh, turned out to be a smart idea on my behalf because it's paid off in both my fantasy critic leagues. Um, but uh, he's been tweeting a lot um, the, over the last 24, 36 hours or so, and um, so we, we talked about we talked about this last week that there's been some rumblings that there'd be a direct. Uh, in September, it's been going on for a few weeks now. But then some people thought the war, the Wonder Direct um, on the 31st was that maybe that was the direct they're hearing about. But um, some other people have a good point where like um, they kind of had to do it because there was a preview event, but also they were doing that Nintendo Live thing Labor Day weekend, so they did it right before Nintendo Live started uh, last week because um, that game was available to play there in a demo. 
Um, right. So that's probably why they did that. Um, when Nintendo's done a direct in September, I believe every year since like 2012. Um, really, are I, I think maybe I guess since they probably started doing directs, I think about that time they started doing them. Um, I think there's one year they didn't do one in September, but I could be wrong. About um, that. People say some people don't count 2020 because they did the Mario 35 celebration there, which is like a mini direct. Mm. So they've done full-blown okay. directs every year but 2020, but they technically had a direct in 2020. Uh, but like I said, it was that, that was one of the amounts like Super Mario 3D World coming to Switch and the Mario Anniversary Collection thing. Um, Super Mario All-Stars, whatever the fuck it was called. Um, 3D mm. All-Stars. Yes. Um, but anyways, um, he's been doing some tweets here, uh, kind of randomly tweeting and like commenting and like liking certain things. People are going through his likes and getting some hints through his likes. Uh, so he, he started off by saying fans of MATLAB, M-A-T-L-A-B, uh, uh, features will be happy. Um, I don't really f- fully know what that means. I guess that what, from what people are saying, it's the F-0Ts. Um, there has been uh, some rumors for a while, for about a, I don't know, maybe, I don't I, It's so hard to keep track of time now, like nowadays, Gables, but I don't know if it was earlier this year or at the end of last year, There's but there were some... Rumors from Nintendo leakers about a F-Zero GX remaster of the GameCube game yeah, uh, coming on the yeah. pipeline. Uh, and we were always, you know, you always can take that with the grain of salt, obviously. But we've definitely seen this, really this year, where uh, there's been a big influx of GameCube remasters going on on the Switch. Um, you know, coming out or like um, yep. being announced, you know, like we had the, the Baton Kaidos is coming soon. We had yep. Metroid. We, we know that we know the Metroid two and three are coming. We got the Wind Waker and uh, Twilight Princess coming down the pipeline. Um, there's probably more than I'm forgetting. Um, well, there is guys of Arcadia though, even though it's not that's, technically that was like rumored. Game you know, yeah, um, with the Tales of Symphonia and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we definitely been like we talked about this uh, probably about about a year ago, earlier maybe earlier this year when we had that first direct in February. That's when it was, and I brought up that like. I think Nintendo realizes that they can't like nickel and dime us on like they love like getting us to buy their old games over and over again. And I think they've realized that we're not going to pay, you know, five, 10, $15 a piece for like the Nintendo super Nintendo 64 games anymore. But there's a, you know, GameCube has enough nostalgia now and there's very, they're so expensive nowadays to play you know, to get that, get your hands on those things. You want to get them on a legal sense um, that they probably see like, Oh, this is like this is a new source of income and a good way to like these games. You look at them; they age pretty well, like most Nintendo games do, and we can do minimal amount of work to them and sell them for you know forty to sixty dollars a piece. And I don't know, like it's also probably a good idea to like good way to like judge how popular these these franchises can be if you want to bring back like an F Zero. So to me, like. I, it makes sense, obviously, but you can I, I feel you can talk yourself into anything, obviously. Uh, but I mean, how Gables, how are you feeling about the possibility of an F Zero, uh, F Zero coming back in general, or specifically the the GX remaster rumor? All right. So when it comes to F Zero in general, I mean, the odds of like a new F Zero game coming out in the current day is pretty slim. I mean, we've already have like other types of like indie alternatives and stuff that have tried to emulate the success of like say an F Zero. X or F-Zero GX or something like that with, you know, Fast Racing Neo with, like, that's one example I can really cite that really comes to There's mind. There's another though, one but... that came out like a year or two ago, too. I can't think of. 
Oh my lord, I'm starting to space that one too. But I yeah, can picture in my brain. I just can't think of the name. Yeah, that's the difficult part, man. It's like you have any games that tried to replicate the feel and like the intensity of an F Zero and stuff. But as far as a remaster goes, say like a GX, I mean that's more possible than ever. I mean, yeah, let's look. Let's basically go through and look what Nintendo has been doing for the past year here, which has been going through a lot of its back catalog and having subsequential remasters either announced or released this year. Metroid Prime Remaster was one of the aspects, like one of the games that they just stealth dropped randomly on the Direct. Yeah, Pikmin 1 and 2. 1 and 2, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that too. I mean, even with the 3DS side of things and stuff, the second Luigi's Mansion game yeah. and stuff is going to be coming out next year. But... Uh, it could be one of those cases where Nintendo could not only bring like back F Zero GX, but like have it probably be like a stealth drop too, you know? Or if not a stealth drop, maybe like within the realm of okay, here's what you can look forward to downloading in November, say that way, you know? Or save it that for sort. You could save it for early next year because yeah. they've already they've already got. Or could, yeah, maybe stealth drop would make sense too because I don't think they have anything in September. Oh, we have the Pokemon DLC, but. Well, the Pokemon DLC is starting up next week, yeah, on the 13th and stuff, yeah, so but... Uh, that makes sense, because that's the rumored date is the 13th. I forgot that's the same. They can give well, that one more. Well, one that that leads more of a credence that maybe there is going to be some form of a rumbling of a direct next week, you know, where yeah. big releases and stuff. But, granted, in, for, like, to tie up like the last bits here of F-Zero and stuff, I mean, at this point, it's like, why not? The nostalgia is hidden hard with the GameCube. Might as well go into the best catalog of first-party GameCube games and bring them out. It doesn't matter whether or not it's like with Super Mario 3D All-Stars and stuff like back in 2020 or, you know, both Zelda games like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess go subsequent re-release. But uh, F-Zero, yeah, that is something that even the most hardcore of, like, Nintendo fans really have been clamoring for something F-Zero related for a long while. So I do feel like that this is a possibility, but at the same point, man, it's like, when is it going to release? <laughs> yeah, man, I even, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, plus, uh, next year is looking pretty soft for them so far. But, I mean, maybe they blow yes. us away here with something, but um, also, something, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, could you just imagine starting off like next year for Nintendo, a lot of their stuff that they announce is going to be like remake or like a remaster of like game after game after game leading up to Switch 2 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of something that I think a lot of us were kind of feeling was going to happen because just based off that last direct we had back in June, it just kind of feels that way. Um, but next up here, though, Gables, he also had a GIF of Donkey Kong. Oh, interesting. So... Lot, there's been that rumor forever about the the 3D Mario team working on a Donkey Kong game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I don't know about that. One. I, I I I'm kind of like I lean towards. I feel like with this, like with all these tweets he's doing, like either in or out completely. Like you can't like. Right. Yes or no. Like either gotta be all in or all out with with the way he's teasing here. Um, and I, I would say I got, I'm definitely more all in with him than I am uh, out anything. I don't know if that would be the one though, like the the big 3D Donkey Kong game. Like that's the rumor was a 3D Donkey Kong game. Um, I feel like if you have that, like just if that's a big game, save that for the Switch too. Like uh, looking at it from a business, like you kind of got to look at it from the business sense. Um, that would be the game you want to launch with. I know people say, oh, you got Metroid Four, but like Metroid is not a big franchise in the grand scheme of things. Um, 
you know, like there's definitely a large audience behind it, but like, well, granted, yes, it's not the it's not the best like grossing series like traditionally and stuff. I mean, obviously with the with the release of Metroid Dread and stuff, that did put even more exposure upon that franchise and it is the best selling game in the franchise yeah. compared to say with Metroid Prime and stuff, it's even with the Remastered stuff. Still but just yeah. over three million copies though. Like to Nintendo, right. that ain't shit. So when like they're putting out like Luigi Mansion three sold like it's like fourteen million units sold. Yep. So, like, Luigi Mansion is a bigger franchise at this point than Metroid. I'm not trying to talk shit about that franchise. That's but just like, concretely, Lu- that's just the fact. Yeah. I mean, like, Kirby was its, the Kirby uh, Forgotten Land was its best selling, and it sold in the neighborhood of 3 million um, last time we got sales numbers on it. So, um, so yeah, like, I don't think the Met- saving Metro Prime 4 as, like, the key Switch 2 launch title would be a smart idea, um, assuming that game is even going to be ready for Switch 2 launch. Um, so, Something the the next thing he tweeted, I feel like is what what ties into it. So he put in uh, he, his next tweet was remind reminding he said re, a reminder, Pac-Man ninety nine discontinues next month. Hmm. Pac-Man ninety nine discontinues next month. So is he? Well, you could tie that in a couple different ways. Perhaps there's going to be something else that's maybe Pac-Man related that's going to be announced in its place, or it could be something more akin to say like what Pac-Man 99 or Tetris 99 was with another classic franchise, you know, maybe I'm, not like Mario related, but I'm thinking DK 94 related. Oh, DK but 94. something on the level of Mario. Remember Mario 35? Mm-hmm. We had the 35 people, like 35 people at once playing Mario. Uh, Mario World, or no? Yeah. Super Mario Brothers. I think yeah. this is the next game that's going to replace Pac-Man. That Mario 35 game is a Donkey Kong 94 game because the tweet after that was a picture of Donkey Kong slamming Mario. Hmm. Hmm. Honestly, it could be that, or it could be just original Donkey Kong. Because think of it this way, that could also tie into it where you have a whole bunch of different people playing all at once for like an arcade version of Donkey Kong, going climbing up, getting the barrel, dodging the barrels, doing all the other stuff. That's you a good know? point too. I was also thinking... look at it this way, Tyler. I mean, look at it this way. Every time that they've done a ninety-nine or like some form of Tetris thirty-five or yeah. something like that, it's been a classic game. It's been yeah. like either Super Mario Brothers. Tetris, Pac-Man. So if it's the regular Donkey Kong, that could fit along the lines of that. Original Donkey Kong is a good point. I was thinking, yeah, because I, I was thinking of DK ninety four, like you know. But I, and there's also, but I was also thinking like if it's not, if it's none of those, maybe that that Pac-Man ninety nine thing is is something else entirely. Hmm. We do have we have a gift of Donkey Kong. We have a, a picture of Donkey Kong slamming Mario. Wasn't those like those Mario and versus Donkey Kong March of the Mini games? Oh yeah, that like DSI yeah. or something years ago. Yeah, um, Marvel vs. Donkey Kong March of the Minis. I mean that there was actually a couple different type of Marvel vs. Donkey Kong games. There was on Game Boy Advance, and then there was on the 3DS. Oh, 3DS. Well. Okay. Yes. But wasn't there like a DSI exclusive one? Yes, there was. I okay. Think. I think right. there was DSI. I mean, you might have to ask Justin for that type of thing. Yeah, he was that probably more weirdo. into that type of thing. Um, but <laughs> I had a DSI Gables, and that thing kind of pointless um but i don't know that's that's kind of where my brain goes i keep seeing people like freaking out like some people are like trying to 
combine the F-Zero with the Pac-Man 99 thing to get, like, not Pac-Man F-Zero, but like, oh, maybe F-Zero is the thing he's referring to with the, you know, the online thing. And I'm like, I don't think that's the case. Um, so kind of like sandwiching the, the Donkey Kong gift, the Mario versus Donkey Kong picture in between the Pac-Man 99, the Pac-Man 99 thing tells me that we're getting something there. I, is, yep. it, is this year the 40th anniversary of Donkey Kong? Um, the 40th anniversary of Donkey Kong? I thought that was last year. Was it last year? Donkey I thought it was last year, but I could be wrong. Anniversary. Uh, when was Donkey Kong created? 1981, so it was two years ago. Okay, so it was two years ago. Yeah, that's right. We were kind of griping back then. Even some gamers were because they didn't really have like anything really celebrating. Guess, the yeah, 40th. they did. Yeah. They didn't do anything for this 40th anniversary. I forgot about that. That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I, how you feel about the possibility, of Gables, of of what? What do you think of my ideas? You think I'm like maybe a little far fetched here, or you, like what? What are you thinking? I don't think you're far fetched. I mean, I don't believe you're far fetched in thinking that it's going to be something possibly Donkey Kong related. I mean, Donkey Kong '94. Donkey Kong 94 is a good guess, but at the same point, you got to look at the intricacies of what Donkey Kong 94 was, which was basically a puzzle platformer sort of esque and stuff. It's kind of a little bit different than, say, like a full ray, like, say, how the arcade game was. Where, yes, even though that was an evolution of the arcade game, mm -hmm. at the same point, we're looking at, if we're looking at, like, a game that's going to battle against, like, say, 99 or, like, 35 other players or whatever, then you're going to want something that's going to be quick and easy. And so, having something quick and easy and stuff would be like going through all the different stages here for Donkey Kong as quickly as possible or something or like, and you know, like say if you finish a level or something, you're dodge something quick enough, you can put like all the projectiles and other players like sort of ways and stuff and create something a little bit more like to distance yourself from that. But uh, yeah, I say, I say that your guess was pretty good, but at the same time, you know, I kind of doubt some bit of it because yeah, it would not make sense in terms of a multiplayer style of game where the quick emphasis is to try to beat the other players and stuff for doing that. Yeah, I mean, if, you can you can make the same argument about like you know Pac-Man, Tetris, and Mario were all single right. player games, and they were able to convert those over. But I think you're right though. I think you did like I I I, I was on the right path, and you just kind of, you took it to the end zone uh, with that <laughs> one there. Right? Um, as far as I think you're right, the donk I didn't even think about the just the actual Donkey Kong and like Donkey Kong Jr. games, like those would actually make more sense um, mm. in this scenario here um, of that being like the multiplayer game that they, they put out. Okay. Mm. Sorry, I think you're going up here. Uh, but <laughs> next up here, though, um, he wrote in Japanese, uh, and then the translate of the tweet is that, um, here, actually, I'll find the tweet itself, and I'll just, here it is. Okay. Um, so he wrote it in Japanese. And he said it's finally Princess Peach Showtime. Uh, so obviously the last direct we had the uh, announcement of the Princess Peach game, and he said that the he also said that the kind of put out there that the name would be revealed. So it looks like we're going to get some more details on that Princess Peach game. No real surprise, but this okay. one is like one of those things where it's like no duh, like that would be there. Um, but I don't know. I, I I'm curious to see like some more of that. Like I I don't know how good this game could be. Like it. From like the what five seconds we got, like I don't think like it's exciting the concept of it, like what it could be, but I don't know what it would be that like can make this game great. Like to me, like looking at like what we saw from that game, the little bit, the little snippets we did, 
is it looks like to me it's the um paper the no the not paper mario the uh like the yoshi's crafted world and the 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 kirby uh yarn game where the fuck the kirby string game where the fuck was called um okay so you have woolly world and then you have like crafted world yeah and then the, there's the kirby two. ones too that they made too uh, on top of Epic that yarn yeah yeah so one. yeah yarn, yeah i knew the yarn one in there but uh to me that's what it looked like those it's that same team making that just kind of based off the art style that we had the little bit we did get so and those games are fine i actually really liked woolly world back in the day crafted world was incredibly boring uh i thought um but yeah i don't know like that's what it looks like to me i'm not like super pumped for this game but like I'm open to the idea of this game being like a fun little seven out of ten style game, but um, how excited are you for like getting some more details on this Prince Peach, Peach game? Well, honestly, I kind of, I kind of am kind of interested in seeing some more details in regards about it because, for one, we have yet to learn what's the gimmick of this game. Two, two, I kind of have like some guesses as to, to like what it could be. I mean, we. Basically, from the small bit of footage we've seen, we've seen like a stage, we've seen like all sorts of various stuff. It then her, her dress changed colors or something. Her dress changes colors and stuff like that. Mm. It could maybe there has something to do with terms of like performance base in terms of music. That's mm. kind of like the guessing I had in mind when uh, I was watching back some bit of the footage of that first initial thing because it's like you have the stage aspect, you have these different type of mechanics or something, maybe something more or less like a musically sort of centric cables. sort of power up cables what if it's what if it's the persona 3 dancing in starlight whatever those games are called oh, <laughs> it's princess peach okay maybe we're overshooting <laughs> here too. That's like a fucking, i don't think it's gonna be a rhythm based like game or some of that sort but dude what i'm saying is this is definitely gonna be like a stage sort of act or stage sort of like performance sort of thing but uh my guess is going to be maybe like she has different type of dresses, just emphasizing like certain acts of like a play. That's what yeah. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean it definitely looks like they're on a stage. So, um... and here's something to note too. You know, is this isn't the first time that like say say Nintendo has done something stage related for like a Mario theme type of game. I True. Mean, Mario Three is a good example. Because mm-hmm. that game throughout the entirety, I think, was set on a stage. You know, you recognize the shadows in terms of the blocks and stuff. Yeah. Kind of like they're hanging there. It was purposely made that way because it looked like a little puppet show. You know, or not like a puppet show, but like a stage show. Wasn't it like Thousand Year Door as well? Like, yeah, Thousand yeah. Year Door was sort of like that as well. The battle system much... was, at least. Yeah. The battle system, yes. Yeah. Oh, Plus the audience inside there was actually pretty fun to yeah. go forth and like... Uh, Give me that remaster. Oh shit, dude! I'd be loving playing I'll, that on modern systems. I will pay full price for that. Um, next up here, this one not a lot to go on off of on these. Um, that he said there will be remasters of a DS and Wii game. Um, DS and Wii. Okay. Yes. No idea. Like it sounds like they're two different games, not a game that was on DS and also the Wii. So two different games here. Okay. But someone did. Re- someone did ask um, him. Are these games related? And he said yes. Okay, so a DS and Wii game, not of the same, not the same like game itself. I can't but of the confirm same... that, but it, the way he well, let me see, see if I can find the, the wording. Okay, let's see the original quote. Uh, here oh, he first. said remakes of a DS and a Wii game. So okay. the way he worded it sounds different, but then someone DS like I said, someone Wii. asked the question, "Are these games related?" And he said yes. So I'm wondering if oh. that means same franchise. These games it could are the be same franchise. I, I'm trying to. I don't know what 
franchises were also on the DS and a Wii, outside of like obviously like the Mario's. Mm. Gabe was looking at his uh, shelf over there of his Wii and DS games. DS and <laughs> mostly Wii. have my DS and like the 3DS stuff. I that are related. I'm kind of a loss though because it could be a couple different franchises. It could be something Pokemon related. It could be something like, uh, well, definitely maybe Zelda related possibly. But even so, that's kind of a long shot because. You know, it's like, if I'm thinking Zelda-related, you know, it's like, I'm thinking of those, like, those touchscreen sort of Zelda games, and I don't think that's going to tie into what this is going to go forth and do. Yeah. But, uh, oh my gosh, the other type of, like, DS and, like, Wii sort of games that kind of tie into each other possibly would be something kind of, like, maybe pokemon related or something well it, but, it, it could just be something of the same franchise though as well so it doesn't even mean like yeah they're tied together in any sort of way as far as outside they're also um oh jesus christ i just found a reddit link for this right, okay let's see um are you doing that i'm just all right oh boy this is hmm. what some of these people are stupid um <laughs> Well, you know, you know how Reddit is, you know, just off and on, just sure. a bunch of different things. So is that Trauma Center? That's fucking hilarious. Uh, trauma Center. Um, even though it did have both a DS and a Wii game, different types, but... Um, Fire Emblem? Well, is here's the thing. Is there a DS Fire Emblem game? That's interesting, because there is... There has been a release... For the DS, say for Fire Emblem, which was Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, which was like a remake of like the first ever Fire Emblem game with Marth. Then the Wii one was of Radiant Dawn, which was the sequel to the GameCube game Path of Radiance. That one was more of an elevation. It was more of a sequel story to Ike and his crew of like uh, mercenaries and stuff. But uh, that could possibly be. A pos- that could possibly be one of them, Tyler. Fire Emblem would fit that sort of mold where it's like it's in the same franchise, but they're completely different, you know, separate sort yeah. of like uh, games. People keep seeing, uh, I keep seeing a lot of Rhythm Heaven here. Rhythm Heaven, all- Rhythm Heaven also had like Gables. What? Metroid Prime Hunters and Metroid Prime Three. Oh come on, dude! I mean... <laughs> I can see what they're saying. I can see what they're doing there because the Metroid series has been the Metroid series has been the most popular it's been possibly in the past 20 years. But uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Metroid Prime Hunters and Metroid Prime Three. I mean, we already know Metroid Prime Three is going to be yeah. It's it's going to be rewritten. So this is something different. This is something like. A DS and a Wii game. DS Metro right. Prime Hunters was a DS game, Gables. I know that. Metro Prime Pinfall that. Pinball. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's actually a really underrated game, though. But uh, oh god, what are some other? I'm trying to think of what other type of like Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, Phantom Hourglass and Twilight Princess, or Wind Waker rather. Mm. Well, you could also tie, like I said before. Like I said before, I thought Zelda, but then again, it's like Phantom Hourglass, Wind Waker. I mean, I can understand like the art styles of it, but then again, if you're going to do the Zelda route and stuff, why not just do both Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks and stuff as like 
together in some form of like package and stuff and just have it be at that because we're but, stupid and people will buy them separately yeah but then again if you do wind waker and stuff it's basically it's basically going to be like the gamecube type of things if you're thinking we you're thinking about twilight princess that that's also sort of like that's a good point that blows up my whole argument thanks a lot GameCube. exactly that's thanks for thank you for destroying my argument with facts <laughs> bitch <laughs> Okay, so I'm we... just reading Reddit here. I had to, I had to back out. What it's... about Donkey Kong? So he said it's not Donkey Kong related. Okay, so that's good to know. I forgot to mention that. Yes, um, people keep bringing up Super, uh, bring up Punch Out, but I don't believe there was a DS. There was not Punch a Out DS Punch Out game. No, maybe we're like reading too much into the D. I don't. I just... How well, about... the thing that the related the thing, thing is like... so vague is the problem. That's the thing, though. When it says they are related. It tells me that it's within the same franchise. That's right. what I interpret. Yeah. I was Unless they're going to... Yeah. I'd bring this up with the F-Zero thing, Gables. But uh, I was thinking about this the other day. When, when this leak, when this first thing came up with the... When we started t- tweeting about this. That what Marth and Ike were to us on Melee back in the day. Like, who the fuck are these guys? Yep. That's what Captain Falco is. To people, this generation. Yeah, absolutely. Captain <laughs> so, Falcon. Captain Falcon. Falcon. Did I say Falco? Yes. Falcon. Sorry, um, mixing up my characters here. Um, yeah, like we grew up playing the melee games, and I'm like, like I was into, I had a Nintendo power, so I, I had a vague idea of who they were, but like most people didn't know who the fuck those guys were. I didn't even know what those characters were yeah. back then. Not like Captain Falcon, like freaking Ness and stuff. Like yeah. I didn't think of Ness, but... I, like, I can, like, I don't know, with Marth and Roy and stuff like that, and Melee and stuff. All I know is they were from a series that was Japan only at that point. Mm-hmm. Up until Path of Radiance's release in 2003. Yeah. And now, fast, fast forward 20 years later, there's people playing Ultimate now, and they're like, who the fuck is this Captain Falcon guy? Like it's so they crazy. They only know him from memes. Yeah, like <laughs> meanwhile, Marth is probably like like is like you know everybody knows all like a lot of you know Nintendo kids growing up now, you know that are hardcore enough video game fans. No Fire Emblem, no Marth. They know Fire Emblem. They know Marth because they know if they played like Fire Emblem Awakening and stuff like that, or even like some of the newer Fire Emblem games, they're going oh, to the Switch, yeah. recognize more of Marth. Maybe not, maybe maybe not so much Roy, but like with Marth and yeah. stuff, but Fire Emblem in general. Yeah, they know they know the like they know the franchise. This is I just blew my mind when I was thinking about that. It's just so crazy. Um, yeah, I, so I guess like the whole part about the, the they are related thing is just kind of throw us like throw like because we just it could be so, mean so many different things. Uh, and then last but not least, here Gables, uh, he liked a tweet about uh, from Nintendo tweeting about Splatoon three DLC from a while ago. That makes a so, lot of sense. We have yet to see more footage in regards to what that Splatoon 3 DLC is. That whole single-player thing. They're bringing back the Splatoon 2 hub world. That's the second part of the DLC. That's what they're going to make. You fools, you idiots, we made you pay $30 for hub world DLC. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that still kind of pisses me off to where that is the tease, what they did for the expansion. Okay, we can do Splatoon 1 Hub World. Let's yeah. go ahead and that's this and part, this up. That's part one, yes. And uh, part two. That'd be kind of cool, though, if they did part two, that single player, whereas they do like a kind of a mixed style of like the Splatoon 2 sort of like Hub World itself, only it's incredibly sort of different. 
I would just respect it almost if they just did the the Hub World from uh, Splatoon two, and just called it a day. <laughs> like I'd respect that, honestly. <laughs> if they just like you know what, we're just gonna like we're just gonna do this too, and like that's it. Like oh, you can you can go and you can now you can go to all three Hub Worlds, hang out with whatever one you want. I will say though, the Splatoon three single player was pretty fun. I enjoyed it immensely. I fell off out real quick. I, I enjoyed the. I, I bought that game digitally. I should probably play that more, but I just fell off that. I just didn't like the. I liked playing the game, like the the levels. I just didn't like the in between stuff where you had to like shoot the stuff and you had to like earn the points to like unlock the next level. Like we'll just play the goddamn. That's levels. the thing, man. I mean, the big, the biggest like barrier and stuff for people was the connection issues for Switch Online. Yeah, eh, yeah, yeah. And then Japanese people just are so goddamn good at that game. Well, you know what? Japan has always been kind of strong and sort of competitive like games. You know, <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> Uh, oh, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like in a mean way. Just, I know, just I know, the, I know. You know, they're better at me, and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, like they 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 put the time and effort in, and I put very little, and they're better than me, and I don't like that, Gables. I'm an American. I should just be better than you. God. <laughs> As he's playing Mario Kart against little kids. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I put the time and effort in, and I'm better than them. Pieces of shit. I grew up in a time when the blue shell wasn't a fucking thing. When Any the blue shell was invented, they were a tiny speck in their father's balls. All right? And I was already winning at 150cc in mirror mode. All right? 200cc well, you know wasn't even invented yet. What's kind of funny is, like, they'll probably look at you the same way you look at, like, say, Japan in Splatoon 3, where it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. You just, <laughs> you just see one person from – you see one – like Japanese name above a Splatoon character, and it's just like it's it's like the equivalent of like a million soldiers charging at you, and you're just by yourself with the ones like with the wooden sword. It's the way I feel when I see that. Um. Anyways, I should just be naturally good at things, and it's not fair that I'm not. That's kind of my two cents, Gables. Let's move on though. I don't know. Do you think you got to add on the on the the direct stuff before we move on? Well, honestly. I don't have really anything really substantial to add to the direct stuff, only that if it does happen next week, that's fine. But if not, hey, it's still kind of fun to guess, to guess what these little rumors or guidelines are going to be. I it, No, it's not. I, I want a direct next week, Gables. Oh, I know. God damn. We got one. It's uh, Tokyo Game Show is in two weeks. We always get one right before Tokyo Game Show. Goddamn time. Goddamn time. I want one. <laughs> just, I don't know. Just whatever. Anyways, let's move on. Um, Gables, I got some crazy news here. You'll never believe this. Okay. Um, E3 is not happening next year. Ah. Uh, uh, you know what? I could. I saw this happening for some reason, but at the same time, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's it's almost as like just being bad at your job f- for years on end um, led to this with no with like maybe I should change and I just don't change. Um, so what's going on here is. That um, so Repop, which we've talked about for the last year or so now, um, that they were going to put together E3 uh, for ESA. Uh, people don't know Repop um, runs all like the PAX conventions and a bunch of Comic Cons, and they are awesome at those. They always put on good shows, good events, get everybody together. Um, they literally just did PAX West last weekend, um, and so they're going to do they were going to do E3. This this past June, but they like end up like getting like signing them on like, and they have like 
basically like nine months for a show. It was like six months to put the show together, mm-hmm. figure out how they're going to do it, get everybody together, and like try to ring, like wrangle all these different, you know, as a general, as video games, uh, advertising and everything has changed over the last, really, like, COVID just really sped up a lot of shit um, as far as that goes. And everybody's like, wait, we can just do this on our own timeline and for a fraction of the price uh, of doing, you know, flying everybody out and putting on a big stage show in LA. Um, and then, you know, here they are trying to get everybody back together and with like no time frame and everything was anything, everything fell apart as we know, it ended up, did not end up happening with E3 this year. Uh, so Repop and ESA are parting ways. So they will no longer be putting the show on together for them. Uh, we do know that um, LA Convention Center, where they, they've they been at for a long time now. I know they left a couple times. They've always come back. Um, that with the, They announced that they're like, they've already fulfilled that time for something else in that, during that time frame in June. So if there was going to be one next year, it would not be at the Convention Center in LA. Uh, but there's been some, some reports here from like Andy Robinson and a bunch of other people that um, – so it's been confirmed that the repop th- separation is is real. Like they even will they announce that? Uh, but uh, there's been a lot of reports from, like I said, Andy Robson and a few others that um, it will not be happening next year, and that they're hoping to come back in 2025. Uh, so, um, which would mean Gables. Mm. So we had a we had an E3 digital in 2021. 2020 obviously yes. canceled. 2022 was was canceled kind of late. Um, because they were trying to do a, a physical one late, and then they're going to do a digital only one, and that didn't happen. So, didn't happen. Obviously, 2023, same thing, uh, didn't happen. Um, so, that would mean if they come back in 2025, that'd be a six-year gap between a full-fledged E3, um, and I, it's over. It really like. It is. It is not just for the limelight, not just from just a juxtaposition, you know, like from like a moral standpoint, no, but basically a lot of the luster that E3 once did have and then what they are now and what they were towards the tail end before COVID stuff going on. I mean, it's done. This thing has ran its course. We already have Jeff Keighley stuff that's not... Or Summer Games Fest and stuff. Yeah, sure. It's not like E3 once we once knew and stuff like that, but it has the spirit of that yeah. type of feel going through, and that's basically what we've been wanting anyway. Yeah. So if it comes out in 2025 and stuff, if they're able to go forth and build something up, I mean, that's fine. But at the same time, it's like people have moved on. It's too long of a time of a gap in order for us to really give a shit about what E3, like a current modernized of E3 is. That's unless they do something incredibly drastic to try to make it more appealing for companies to come in and stuff to advertise the game stuff. I just don't see it happening. I absolutely don't. Yeah. Um, cause we, it's because we, even before like COVID and everything happened, like the last few years of E3, I, I always kept hearing like game journalists and stuff like that talking about that have been going to shows for years and decades um yeah like jeff gertzman and a bunch of other ones that they, who literally went to like the first one and was talking yep. about like it just every year he'd go and it just like it felt like we we're like they were getting one year closer like it was like a death like we're, like it was slowly dying he was watching it every year and he kept talking about over and over again he's like it's dying or like i don't know how it comes back next year and then obviously COVID happened and it's like much like you know movie rental places that were left in 2020 
were quickly gone. Yep. A lot of movie theaters that were on its last legs were quickly gone in 2020. Like just kind of like that just sped yep. up the process for a lot of things. And people, a lot of companies learned to adapt or change or went away. And we've seen all, all these video game companies that even when, even when Xbox and PlayStation were putting out new consoles, they just learned to, to change and adapt and just do something. And PlayStation already dropped out of E3 before it was even COVID even was a, a thing. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's like, I mean, what, like, because all E3 was, was ESA was renting a building and then charging crazy ass prices for these people to come be in their, this building they rented out, um, is what it was. Right. Um, and all these companies realized, like I said, that like earlier was, you know, instead of paying ESA a ton of money to just rent the space out and then paying several million dollars to build a studio fly all these people out, have all these teams build demos and trailers for this thing, and then have like live demos and on-stage interviews, have hundreds of your developers and publishers coming out to be at these shows. It's like, well, we can just like, you know, like with the direct thing, it's like we can just for probably $20,000 just put together a 45-minute long, uh, tightly edited video package thing we don't have to worry about any errors or issues or uh, awkward interviews or control like you know Uncharted 4 demo where the game just froze live on stage um, anything like that like we can control the message um, and as gamers like you know like that's really what we want you know like we're not going to the shows itself and it's like we just want those things yeah like I still miss that not having how it was like having I've always thought about like I would just like to have, I don't care if it's E3 or if it's Summer Game Fest or whatever. I want those, that time, like, I just love that, like, five-day stretch of, like, you just do and me, Gables, like, just watching all these fucking conferences and getting together every night, like, watching them and then talking about them at the end of the night. And, like, we were just doing it from the comfort of our own homes. And it's, like, it was a rush mm. and, like, it was fun to do it. And it was good for, like, the content and good for, like, getting views and downloads and whatever. Um but it was like it was like it, it was that. But like by the time like even just watching from home and doing all these podcasts stuff like that, it was like I always would feel kind of exhausted, like afterwards because it was like, you know, like a job, but it was fun at the same time. Uh, but <laughs> true. Yeah, like I, I missed that definitely. But like, you know, with with this whole thing with E three was it was like it's kind of how like print media was in the two thousands with with the internet where um, companies either learn to move with the times or uh, people was like oh well like they were stubborn they just kept going and we've seen all those a lot, of, a lot of big time magazines either they're gone now completely gone now or they're you know kind of a shell of what they used to be or like they've somewhat adapted but they're not, they're not they don't have the same name values used to and we're seeing that no. we're seeing that right now in the entertainment world especially with like Absolutely. With, uh, with like with cable televisions dropping faster than ever but yet it's costing more and more money to have you know big sports on these because they cable needs these sports more than ever, all these all these like big live shows more than ever, but also they have less money than, than ever to pay for this. We see exactly. we see the movie theaters like movies, people are going to the theaters like they used to. Like it's like it's kind of boomer bust. Like like it's like movies either make a billion dollars or no one goes. Or they make they're 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 a bust. You know, um, you know, like streaming services there, but I think spread so thin. We see video games now more than ever. People are like. They like instead of just like making like double A has gone away because it's so expensive to make games. Demos like those double A games have gone away, so it's like we want to make these big, huge, 
$200 million budget games that will sell 10 million copies, or we want a live service game. Like, it's just, we've seen, like, this giant change in everything. That's a whole long one away of, like, saying that, like, the ESA had this cash cow, and they never either thought they can just keep going forever, didn't want to change, or didn't know it was coming. They, they, there was a big, huge fuck up there, and then they just thought they probably just kept getting away with it, and eventually COVID forced everybody to change, and they didn't really change with it. So I don't know. Like, like I've always said, like, you, I, I'm not saying like the Summer Game Fest is perfect, but I feel like it's spiritually, like you said, spiritually, it's kind of done a decent, pretty good job of like capturing the thing that we want. Um, the E3 right. to be is probably the closest we'll ever get to E3 ever again. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if we get another one. Um, I, you know, I felt that way initially when they canceled it earlier this year, they canceled this year as earlier. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked, you know, in 2024, 2025, maybe they come back or 2026, they come try to come back one more time, but I don't think it's going to work. And honestly, missing 2024 is a, that's hard because like Nintendo has been pretty loyal to the SA. They were going to be back. Um, they, they, they didn't do, they didn't do a big June direct uh, in 2020, when the E3 was around, they didn't, they didn't go. They did one in 2021 when they did the digital one. They didn't, they didn't do a summer game fest direct with Jeff Keighley the last two years. Uh, they were going to do a, they were going to be a part of E3 this year. Uh, then they fell, they dropped out when they realized it wasn't going to happen. Um, so they have loyalty to ESA, and they have a new console coming out next year. That'd mm. be the perfect time to have like that. Like you have it if. Your ESA try to be like E3, like that is the perfect thing. We have Nintendo's console here at E3. This is where you're gonna see it. This is where people are gonna chance to play it. This is where we're gonna show it off. And like there's so much image you could tie in together, and they're not gonna have it. So, I don't know. I feel like that would have been like that would have been a perfect comeback if you could have got Nintendo well, with the Switch Two or fuck it's gonna be called. But yeah, um, I don't know. They bungled. They dropped the ball. Um, and they have no one to blame but themselves. So, um, it just kind of sucks for. Everybody, gamers included, on that. So, um, let's move on here, Gables. Um, before the show, Gables is like, "Oh, like I was on like I don't have a lot to talk about this week." Uh, and Gables is like, "Oh, we had the big anniversary to talk about." And I'm like, "Oh, really? It's a big anniversary? What's that?" He said, "It's the 24th anniversary of Dreamcast." And I was like, "Oh, I thought it'd be something important, but it's not. Uh, it's the Dreamcast." <laughs> so, um, anyways, Gables, uh, it's the 24th anniversary of the game of the Dreamcast. Um, I know you're, you are a bigger fan of that thing. I never actually owned one. I only played one a handful of times at like other people's houses and like demo units. Uh, I'm a big fan of a skies of Arcadia, but I played the GameCube version. Uh, and that's mm. kind of my extent of knowledge with the uh, dreamcast other than the PlayStation immediately destroying the thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. What's what, talk about it. Give us. All right. Well, you know what? In general, you know, the Sega dreamcast, the advertising campaign for that thing, you know, that that was so crazy. That was an epic sort of moment back then. Like, you got to put into perspective, listeners, to where it's like, back in the late 90s and stuff, the way you really brought forth your console to, like, mass market, you know, in terms of people and stuff, you had to go forth and secure a lot of different types of ad space, like, say, with, like, sporting events and, like, stuff. Like, kind of, like, similar to what you would do now, though. But what made the Dreamcast kind of special in terms of this is because of the, the specific date that was pounded into your head in ad nauseum, which was nine nine ninety nine. 
that was the release date of the Sega Dreamcast in North America. And then it, it had like a little like like little song, not like a song though, but like a little like just repeated like nine nine ninety nine and stuff. And then you'd have not just that, but you'd have like these commercials to where you would have like a Dreamcast, right? And it sounded like like a block party was going on inside the Dreamcast, and it just goes and zooms inside the center portion of where the light is, and you have all these like like pop, like polygonal characters from like Sonic the Hedgehog to Gary Payton and stuff from the Seattle mm-hmm. Supersonics to like like all these like kind of classic sort of like Genesis like that Sega characters from back when and stuff like Ooh La La also from Space Channel Five and this and that, but the thing what made it this system special to begin with is like kind of the campiness but also kind of like that last sort of like gone back to basics that Sega did at the time to try to repopularize its company as a whole and stuff because of the the colossal failure that was the Sega Saturn in the U.S. But uh, what I remember bits and pieces about the Sega, Gen- the, the Sega Dreamcast is Mother Brothers had the Dreamcast, right? So there were a couple games that we did initially play a little bit around with and stuff. Obviously WWF attitude was one of those. I did have the end up. I did go through and playing and stuff on the dreamcast itself, but uh, I have a little bit more in terms of like experience playing games on the dreamcast. I mean, I've played soul caliber fucking soul caliber is an awesome fighting game, dude. I mean, people more or less back in the day would remember soul caliber for like the second iteration, especially on GameCube because it had link and everything else like that. But let me tell you something. Inside the arcades of the time, the 90s, and especially for home consoles and stuff, having that arcade-like fighting game experience was heavily important. And I'll tell you what, man, it's like when you had a chance to play Soul Calibur, like get your hands on that type of copy and stuff and play it while you're so used to just put like sinking quarters inside the arcade, like your local arcade and stuff and playing that type of a fighting game. And it, it was revolutionary for its time. But uh, in terms of other games i had a chance to play and experience i mean there was an like more obscure like capcom games like plasma sword and stuff that one was a interesting fighting game too but uh god other than that though i played a little bit of like nfl 2k and stuff on that i mean heck i had like a couple games for the dreamcast coming on and off and stuff but uh i know personally i want to try to I want to try in the future to try to get like another dreamcast get like the vmu probably try to get like a couple of like some of the best games for that system and stuff, because here's the thing though, I missed out on playing games like Crazy Taxi back in the day. I missed not just Crazy Taxi 1 and 2 and stuff like that, but uh, you know what, Sonic Adventure stuff I do have on the on the, on the freaking 360 store mm. and stuff like that. I actually bought those Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 and stuff like that because it has the DLC stuff for Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and stuff. The whole extra thing that was put inside the uh, GameCube version and stuff as opposed to the Dreamcast. But uh, the last thing I'll say about the Dreamcast, though, which is kind of hilarious to me when I think about it retrospectively, because this is this is where I was at when I was a teenager. I, got, I went to a Walmart, and there were two consoles in front of me. Like, there was the PlayStation the PlayStation where I wanted WWF SmackDown 2 Know Your Role, or I could get a Dreamcast of Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Both of these were my options here. My dad said, okay, you know what, with this whole, like, uh, oh my god, what was it, the tax, the whole tax, like, uh, refund stuff, you know, from, like, every year and yeah, stuff. Yeah, tax return. So you can, you can only get one, the tax return, you can only get one of the two. 
So I was so close of picking a Dreamcast, but I completely went with PlayStation, the the PS1, mind you. Not like the original bulky one, but like the PS1. This is like 2000, 99, 2000, just before the Dreamcast like freaking got cut off in Southern North America. And yeah, I picked the PlayStation stuff, but still, retrospectively, that probably was the better move because of that console not too long after I made that choice and stuff, like not even like six months later that it's deceased, that it was discontinued and stuff like that. But uh, I missed out on a good whole slew of games from the Marvel's Capcom games, like the freaking, even I try out games like Seaman or something like that. And like freaking, I know, like I said, Sonic Adventure one and two, like uh, space channel five and stuff, even like the power stone games. But, uh, in conclusion, you know, I mean, the Sega Dreamcast was the final hurrah for Sega as a game, as like pretty much, I guess, a game console developer, as well as like, you know, in the way just before they became the third party developer for multiple different systems afterwards. And it's it's kind of like that sense of like having nostalgia of like uh, what Sega used to be and like how different it was compared to say what nintendo was doing or say what playstation was doing and stuff because even growing up from like back when and stuff sega was more or less geared towards older gamers in terms of like the games they had put out or the types of like content they could you know appeal more to like an older audience like the teens the young adults and stuff but uh yeah man i mean 24 years of the sega dreamcast dude i mean it's so crazy that it's been that long since that console's released in north america but at the same time you know it's like there's been great pillars of games that have come out like not just came out from back then but are still going on today that's just crazy yeah <laughs> you made a smart decision though gables you got metal gear solid so yeah that's, well yeah that's the thing that trumps everything so <laughs> <laughs> and without it i would have experienced castlevania symphony in the night there you go Gil. 20 years there you ago go. there you go <laughs> so you made the right decision um moving on here though gables uh some other news this week um alone in the dark i've been kind of real in this game the last like month or so about coming mm-hmm. out in october i'm like get know your role get the fuck out of october gables can't confirm they listened to the podcast because they moved out of October and they moved to January 16th. So good for them. Intelligent. Yes. yes. Um, they even brought up the fact that like, yeah, we need to get out of October. Uh, did you hear the Gargoyle game uh, remaster game is coming out Gables this year? I heard a little bit about that game coming out. I did not know it was going to be coming out October this year. 19th. October 19th, so it ties like a couple weeks before Halloween. Okay. The day, the day before Spider-Man 2 and uh, <laughs> Wonder and two days after Sega or Sonic. So it's going to be completely ignored yeah. except for hardcore yeah. fans. No one will care. Um, so uh, moving on here, uh, a couple little smaller things. Um, no, Tears of the Kingdom DLC was uh, confirmed uh, by Nintendo. They said there was no plans for Tears of the Kingdom DLC. They said they kind of maximized the fun of that game and after you know 60 just me playing 65 hours of it can't confirm don't think there's much else they can do with that fucking game um you know, they got two games out of that map uh and uh yeah i, I think they kind of max out what they can do and i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of cool with like where they left it off at and move on to the next thing yeah i guess i understand that entirely i mean this tears of the kingdom started off as dlc for breath of the wild in the first place so of course you know i 
kind of understand what their logic is to where you've already stretched out to the extent what you could potentially do inside of this inside of this like uh, realm in terms of Zelda games and stuff. So going with something completely new and stuff aside, like a new project and stuff, you know, that does sound like more of what the Zelda crew, you know, with Aonuma and stuff, what they would probably pursue next. Next, no. but at the same time, at the same time, you know, we've we've heard developers in the past do say similar aspects that they're not going to be able, to, they're not going to be doing this or doing that and stuff, and then all of a sudden something comes out for yeah. it. Yeah, I know? instead of spending the next year or so working on DLC and like just start work on the next thing, um, and there's there's already those idiots out there, those dumb fucking gamers out there that say, "Oh, Tears Kingdom is just DLC." Fuck off. It's not. <laughs> One of the greatest games ever made. Oh, that's funny. That's insanely rich. But, uh, eh, it is what it is. Uh, moving up here, though, uh, Final Fantasy 16 is getting two uh, DLC packs of some sort. Um, no idea what it's going to be. Um, I'm not going to spoil the game. I beat the game uh, earlier this year. Um, but, like, that game is tied up in a pretty good knot at the end. Uh, they, you know, they kind of wanted to make that game its own full thing. Like, they didn't have plans to do right. DLC. At least that's what they're saying. But at the time, but um, yeah, uh, they said they're working on two more DLC for that game. No idea, like I said, no idea what's gonna be, when it's gonna be coming, and also that they are working on the uh, PC port as well. So keep an eye on that one. I'm, you know, I'm, I am interested in more of Final Fantasy 16. Um, but if it's just like, here's more story missions that take place during the game you know it's like I, I i'm not a big fan of dlc it's just like hey it's like this is like an offshoot uh, deep side mission thing you could you could like do inside the game i was like i'd, I'd rather have like something that goes post game or add something more to it than just that but uh yeah yeah do some post game would make more sense to me i mean granted yeah you know there are there are dlcs and stuff that tie in like missions to the main yeah. game or something that's more of an epilogue sort of as type of thing but if they're thinking about grandiose dlc stuff i mean come on it, something after the main story concludes and then like going through what you know going through more aspects of something even more like colossal or even something like more or less like an introduction of un unfinished ties yeah. or something like that or like a brand new threat or something of the sort i mean i could see that being potential big dlc stuff that they could try to do with final fantasy 16 but at the same time i'm not too sure i mean i have, i still have yet to go through and play a substantial chug of final fantasy 16 but still more dlc could be potentially yeah awesome. i mean they throughout the game they they there's the there's the missing icon that they bring up a few times throughout the game that we just never see in the main game. Minus one, I guess, for that. Interesting. Um, and I don't know. Like I feel like maybe they were setting the seeds for DLC for that. Like that would interest me if that's the case. That's what they go for. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, so that's probably a ways off. Um, next up here, though, Gables, we have the um, NSO games for this month. They announced. Uh, Kirby Star Stacker is a puzzle game that was only ever that was on the Game Boy that never came to uh, the United States. Uh, it is I don't really fully understand what this fucking game is. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna watch the trailer again here. It's like oh, it's like a batch three type of it's like a Doctor Mario style game looks like here. Um, yeah. That so that was a uh, Japanese only game before. Uh, we also that that was that's the Game Boy game 
in the NES is getting two games. We're getting Joy Mech Fight and Downtown Neketsu March Super Awesome Field Day. I'm going to try that again. Downtown Neketsu March Super Awesome Field Day. Um, and then for Game Boy Color, we are getting Quests for Camelot, which is a uh, actual real IP of a... I believe a was that Warner Brothers movie. It was a Warner Brothers 1998 theoretical release. It was a kids' film back in the late 90s. Yeah. Obscure now. Quest for Camelot. I remember watching yes, it. The movie I, was fine. Yes, but the movie was fine and stuff it's, it's like a, that. It's a rip off of Link's coming, Awakening. What it, the game is, dude. Coming out, you know, having that be <laughs> one of the main things you advertise for, like a Game Boy Color release. You know, it. Let me just say this right here. For the entirety of what this initial NSO release thing felt like to me is like they're running, they're either like contractually obligated to just, okay, we got to release this somehow instead of chunks in order to try to pad this so that it doesn't seem like they're getting complete shit for this month. But Kirby Star Stacker, the Super Nintendo or Super Famicom equivalent and stuff like that, never released stateside because this is a Super Nintendo game that's like from 1998, yeah. dude. That's something that's crazy to me that uh, there were games being released with Super Nintendo, even as even as even as it more like forward and like say two years after the 64 release. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, we only got Star Stacker inside of the inside the United States as a Game Boy game only. It's a match three. It's basically, it starts out as like a casual sort of puzzle game and stuff like that, but it gets incredibly difficult quick. But uh, Joy Mech Fight, I actually had a chance to play a good chunk of it this past week. I'll tell you what, though, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's separated inside of stages and stuff like that, and it's like, uh, it's, it's one of those type of fighting games that's kind of weird because you have a two-button layout, you have these particular types of, like, robots or something like that that you have to battle against one another with. And uh, you basically can do, like, various combos. It's, like, it's it's one of those type of games where this... I think this one came out, like, after Street Fighter 2. I think it was in terms of, like, the... I'm looking at... Like, in the see, early 90s or something. I'm not seeing anything on release date for that one. That's the thing, man. Like, Joy Mech Fight and stuff. I had a chance to play bits of it. I mean, there are different types of robots you do have a chance to play, but it's not bad. That's the thing about it. It's actually, a, it's actually like, a decent game. What a weird what, drop of games. It definitely is. It's mostly imports and then a licensed title yeah. for a movie. But for the Relay Race one... Downtown... You know, whole, come, come on, put some respect to that name. Downtown Nekatsu March Super Awesome Field Day. Yeah, it's... Yeah, the River City, the, the River City like uh, field day. It's like track and, and like field with like, like the River City engine. <laughs> yeah, and basically you're throwing like weapons at like your opponents and stuff to just try to knock yeah. them off so you can go. At one point they're literally running through someone's kitchen. I, just, I, I keep I've watched this trailer of the game like three times in a row. I, I keep my mind blown by it. I know, right? But I will say this, man. It's like the NSO releases for what they stealth dropped on us and stuff. It definitely is weak. I mean, I was not expecting like say a moving tie-in game to be released alongside. I mean, like I said previously, it just felt like an attempt to tie in a movie-based game with, like, a couple of other games. Like, Kirby, obviously, is the one that's leading off because that's the most recognizable. Yeah. But then it's like you got all these obscure, like, uh, 
Japan only games and then like a movie license. It just felt incredibly very weak weird in comparison. Very weird. Yeah, I mean, if 2023 is already busy enough, we don't need to add three more game of the year eligible titles to the list. Um, <laughs> moving on here, though, Todd Howard did talk about Indiana Jones game that they're working on at Machine Games and mentioned that uh, see you next year. So expect oh. to see that next year. Speaking of Xbox, um, Xbox will be at Tokyo Game Show. They'll be doing an event. On September 21st, I believe, though, because uh, obviously taking place in Japan, uh, that the start time for that is like 2 a.m. Pacific time. So, Shit. Um, oh, forget that. Yeah, <laughs> so Gables will be at the live react to that one. Um, he will not. <laughs> um, it'll be, that's like 4 o'clock my time, so that's definitely not happening. Um, Stray is getting a animated movie adaption, um, and they're calling it the first ever Hope, Hope Punk game, or movie, rather. Um, which there's nothing hopeful about Stray, and I feel like who's whoever wrote the script for this or the idea for this movie never actually played the game. Yeah, makes sense. There's like, I mean, why the hell would you call it a hope yeah. punk? Movie? I get the punk side of things, uh, but there's nothing hopeful about what that game is. Um, I feel like you missed the entire story of that game. Um, yep. And then. They saw the cat inside of the backpack and said, oh, okay, we can make a movie about Honestly, that. Honestly, that's probably enough for me, though. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Put a dog in that. You got two tickets out of me. Um, <laughs> moving on here, last thing, last but not least here. Uh, expect the early access for Xbox games to continue. Uh, seems like the uh, Starfield doing the five-day early access for, like, you people pay the $90 or pay the $30 upgrade for the Game Pass uh, to get that five-day early access. That is something that looks like it's here to stay for Xbox. They've done it for a long time now. Like, I remember, like, Gears four and i know if i don't maybe four i know five did like you pay like i think it was like a hundred dollars you got like the you bought like the big meaty edition you got like three days earlier um they did like they've been doing a long time with the forza games and we've seen like the forza sales have been fantastic for them even beyond game pass um and it seems like it's here to stay or here to stay rather um which makes sense uh i i talked about last week putting that game out on the sixth but then putting out the early access the friday going into uh, Labor Day weekend was fantastic uh, business uh, business planning uh, because people like me paid the extra just paid you know I have Game Pass but I paid the thirty dollar upgrade fee because you know what I'm home I'm I'm up, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be out, like, even if I wasn't gonna be off Tuesday Wednesday on top of it I would have paid that thirty dollar upgrade fee so I can I can have the whole Labor Day weekend to fucking play that game so um, really good idea to keep doing that and people are fine playing people people are fine paying that price so. Um, I guess why don't I guess why not I guess so. Anything on that one, Gibbles? Well, honestly, I'm not too surprised. I mean, with how much talk there's been about Starfield and stuff, I mean, even multiple different people that uh, you know don't really game consistently wanted to pay the thirty dollar access thing in order to try to get the chance to play the game early. I mean, granted, what was it like on the second or something like that? It dropped Thursday night, so the thirty first. Okay, so August 31st, and then, like, you had people go through, pay that $30 sort of incentive and stuff because they've already had it downloaded through Game Pass and stuff, and then playing that initial thing early. I mean, I'm not surprised that it's here to stay. If it worked that well with multiple different releases over the years, then why would Microsoft change this? Yeah, yeah. And they've kind of, like, I've seen other people do that same thing, but, like, the game comes out, like, they do it, like, the game comes out on Friday, hey, pay the premium edition, and you can play it on Tuesday, it's like, I don't know. I think Microsoft, like I, I keep saying like, why that's fucking dumb. I'll just wait till Friday. Um, obviously everybody's schedule is different, but like 
to me, like Microsoft does a good job of like smart idea, business wise, smart idea of like, hey, game comes out Tuesday, but if you want to play it Friday, just pay a little extra. You can do that. So the people out there willing to do that. So I guess if they're willing to do it, then whatever. Thing. Uh so yeah, whatever. We'll have to wait and see what what the next big thing is. Uh and that's always gonna be case by case. Like if Gear Six comes out and they do the same thing, that's a game I'm gonna play through once, maybe twice. Um, you know, I'll just gladly wait until the game. Like, I'm not gonna pay the thirty dollar upgrade fee. I'll just play that when it's out day, uh, on day one. So, but something like Starfield, uh, definitely that's a game I'm gonna put hundred hours into. Well, not hundred hours, but a lot of people are gonna put hundred hundreds of hours into. And yeah, makes sense. For people are gonna fucking just do it. Uh, but moving on, Gables, to what we've been playing. Do you wanna go first? Or you wanna go first? I'll go first this time, only because I only have like maybe a couple things I do want to talk about. Now, granted, I've already had a chance to play a little bit of Starfield. I mean, I did go through and play like about, I think it was like an hour and a half really at most though. But at the same time, I went through the customization of my character stuff. Basically, let made my character look <laughs> look close to me as possible, which is kind of funny because George it's like Clooney. they yeah. have a lot of different, well, <laughs> they have a lot of different types of, uh, they have a lot of different types of options and stuff in terms of like shaping your character or what you want to go through and have to look like and this and that. But, uh, to the initial extent of what I did, I went through the the first main area and stuff with the mining stuff. Then, obviously, I'm now at like the central sort of like main world and stuff where you just join this one faction and stuff for the first time. And it's like, okay, I get it. There's now a bigger sort of S type of like uh, type of thing that I got to look for these type of artifacts and all this other type of shit. But uh, from what I have initially felt within the the short time I have played it stuff, it definitely feels like a Bethesda game, but at the same time, it does not have a lot of the, a lot of the jank of, like, say, the usual Bethesda games, you know? Like, there's always, even, like, in some of their best games, like, say, with, like, Fallout 3 or with Skyrim, there's always some form of jank to either their controls or to their visual stuff or something of that sort, where it feels like, you know, Starfield kind of feels like a breath of fresh air in, in some aspects to where it's like it felt actually relieving to start playing something like, say, a Bethesda game to where it has that sort of mission structure, where it has that sort of like uh, that feel of something more grandiose and something like that without occurring too many, like, say, hiccups, not only just the controls, but also in terms of the loading and some aspects of it. I mean, like I said, I could when I'm starting exploring, like, the uh, different portions of the worlds and stuff, probably come into, like, one or two kind of, like, crazy little glitches here and there. I mean, but, uh, no, man, I mean, the combat stuff's fine. I mean, everything else, like the scanning of, like, certain elements and stuff and then collecting certain bits, and I'm just more or less trying to feel out what this, you know, basically what this game is going to be like for me. But so far, so good. I mean, even some bits of, like, the... Even some bits of, like, the space combat seem pretty cool, too, you know? But uh, that, yeah, exactly, when you're, like, you're escaping escaping that one world and stuff, yeah. and then you have to shoot a whole bunch of, like, a different Crimson Fleet. ships that are the Crimson Fleet and stuff. That was actually pretty fun, going through the Crimson Fleet stuff and just annihilating a whole bunch of shit. But, uh, yeah, man, I did... One another aspect I have liked about Starfield from starting from the get-go is you can create, like couple different types of characters really not one character is going to be like a like from like certain playthroughs because they got like two or three different perks through each like subclass and stuff we could be like say like an engineer or it could be like some like say more melee focused or more like 
like philosophically focused or something where you're trying to talk your way out of stuff. You know, kind of similar to how, like, say, what they Bethesda's done previously or with Fallout or with Skyrim or with Oblivion and stuff. But uh, I really have enjoyed my time playing it so far. Now I have enough time to where I can go forth and experience it a bit more. <laughs> Three-day weekend. But of course, got to compete with football. But uh, let's see. Other than that, I did play that. Uh, I did play the couple of games and stuff from the NSO stuff. I mean, obviously, I tried out the Kirby Star Stacker stuff, which is basically the same game as the Game Boy One, only it's entirely in Japanese. But uh, the Joy Mech fight, like I said before, it's not that bad of a fighting game, really. I'm really surprised at what they were able to accomplish and stuff with like just the two button layout. Because there are times where you can just use like uh, your simple punchy kicks or your air punches, air kicks and stuff. But then when you go through for some characters and you can just do directional sort of things, like say with both buttons pressed, that actually works too. <laughs> and so there's actually its own little meta inside of this game that's really kind of much more deep than I have thought. But uh, at this point, I've only gone through the first initial stage of this game. Where it's like the first initial stage kind of feels like the entirety of like facing an entire fighting character's roster worth of things, right? So I basically had like about nine or ten battles against different types of monsters, like different types of robot fighters and stuff. And it basically all kind of remind me of Rayman, right? Because like you see the limbs and stuff are like transparent, and it's just like big heads, bodies and stuff, and feet and you know. But uh, action's pretty fast. You can go through and do basic things like you can in other fighting games. Like, you can grab. You can do, like, all sorts of bunch, like punches and stuff. You can do, like, certain uppercuts with some fighters, too. Like, uh, you'll actually go through and maybe do, like, almost like almost like a Shoryuken <laughs> <laughs> with some. So there definitely is some influence, like, say, for, from Street Fighter delved into this. But, uh, yeah, I didn't have a chance, really, to test out Quest for Camelot because I don't give a fuck about that game I'm, I'm i'm sorry but it's like it's a zelda clone i understand that but there are better zelda clones out there especially some that you could actually buy on the eShop right now like say like blossom tales or like anything like that. at least that's three dollars and something right now on switch for sale or just but, play zelda or just play zelda yeah. exactly like tears of the kingdom yeah. or you know there's <laughs> or any other zelda game that's on the yeah service. it's on so yeah there's like six other ones you can play but um Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. What else have I been playing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to get mad at me a little bit of this, though, but uh, I actually did buy Vampire Survivor on the Switch. <laughs> and so that and the DLC. So I've been playing a little bit of that, too. <laughs> As he walks out. Probably heading to the bathroom. But still, the last thing I have been playing for this week is a little bit of Vampire Survivor stuff, which, you know what? That's just the thing. That's the game that I've just played for the last half hour before I go to sleep. <laughs> Leg in the bed, just playing a little bit of that. Gables, we <laughs> promised to break the addiction of Vampire Survivors together. <laughs> and then I found out you're using behind my back. <laughs> well, man, it's so fucking fun. I know it's so fucking fun. But we, we, we almost lost each other. We lost we lost everything because of this goddamn game. I, I, I find it addiction. so hilarious that I have, I have all these... I have all these like great games that I could be playing, and all of a sudden it's going right back to some Vampire Survivors. You have like twenty oh. awesome games that you play like an hour of, and you're playing goddamn Vampire Survivors that you already have, have on Game Pass. 
You put like a Dude, thousand hours of Sun 2 on Game Pass. I know this has been said in ad nauseum, and it's truly good. It's truly true here. It's like there's so many fucking good games that are so fucking long that I just want to play something that's going to be in bite-sized chunks. <laughs> you can play Starfield in bite-sized chunks. Well, I could. Well, yeah, I could. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> exactly. Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But at least with Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I played more than 20 hours, though. <laughs> that's like a fraction of the time oh. you put in the vampire survivors i know i know i've seen my time on xbox a lot. i've seen it too Shit. it's concerning <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah that's that's pretty much what i've been playing for this week so tyler you're up i'm only playing one game i'm so i'm so upset with you right now <laughs> um i've been only playing one game this week uh it's starfield uh i talked about last week i was like mm. 13 hours in uh, when we recorded last week uh, I'm now 35 hours in uh, to Starfield. Uh, it's uh, Gables. It's a very good game. Uh, I do not. I do not I think know. I'm going to hit that wall like I've done with like Skyrim or Fallout 4, um, where you know like Skyrim. Like I could talk about last week, yeah. put like 20 something hours into and fell off. It's Fallout 4. I really hit the wall like probably about the same thing, 20 something hours in, but I forced myself to play like 35 hours, and I'm like finally fucked this and fell off hard. Um, uh, so I'm 35 hours in Gables, and I have not done the first mission yet the main story <laughs> oh my god this feels like Zelda Tears yeah I feel like again. yeah it was like 45 <laughs> hours before I even did the first mission um yeah so um definitely if I, I might go longer uh I I did two of the factions already I completed the quest for uh there's like the Crimson Fleet uh faction quest yep and the Vanguard faction quest I finished and then I just found two more um the other day and I've started those ones there's the uh freelance collective is one and there's like a security company i'm working for now too i can't remember the name of who that one is but i just started I literally only did the first mission for them uh and just been digging around uh you know just wandering the world i like a couple of, like i did like a mantis side quest that i kept hearing people say to do and it was fucking awesome uh that quest was like just like i'm not like going around like world to world and like oh, i'm just gonna walk around this world i'm not really doing that i'm just doing like missions i find i'm mostly been sticking to like the faction quests because those have been pretty awesome uh and then like i might stumble upon a you know, like a fun little side quest here and there and i'll do those uh but just have a great time like level 22 now um on that so i got i've done a little bit of the space battles space battles are fun i'm just not into the whole like ship building and like pimping out and making my ship as, as great as possible like i this is not something i'm into like the you know build like even like you know like anything like like building your own like like little big planet mario maker or like fallout 4 like i just never really vibed with you know the building the outpost stuff the settlements the building levels never really been my thing um I've, I've, I've upgraded my ships and stuff like that added things so i can have a bigger crew i can hold more uh you know more items and resources on it i did find a nice little thing that's kind of helped a little bit with like my frustrations with like the uh encumbrance and stuff like carrying too much stuff where i found a storage right. case in the basement of like there's like a place called the lodge where you go like when you like the first planet you go on to uh jemison yeah. uh there's like you know with the team you're working for in the basement there's like all the like upgrade stations there like the res for like your weapons and like your research and all like stuff like that uh there's a st storage case in it that holds unlimited stuff and all the resources i have for that i just go there and like I'll, I'll like I'll put them on my ship. I'll, I'll have my ship carry as much as possible, and then like 
when I go back to the planet, I'll just take everything off my ship. I'll go to the lodge, put them in that storage case, and then go back on my merry way. It's still kind of frustrating. Like I, it's it sucks when like you like level up, and like literally the first four levels I did, I just used to upgrade my my how much stuff I can carry. I still I fill up incredibly fast because like I'm I'm carrying only like a half dozen guns that are really good. They're pretty good so far from where I'm at my level. Uh, but you have, you still have to carry you have to carry a spacesuit, a helmet, a backpack, a backpack like a jetpack. And then you also have to carry like uh, a suit to walk around like in planets where you're not in space. So it's like you're already like there's like, you know, half your weight right there on top of like some of your medical stuff and anything like that. So uh, you still fill up really quickly. Like just doing a couple like decent sized size missions like can fill up all your spots. And then also like my my companion with me will like their shit's completely full too on top of it. So uh, I've been like I'm not picking up shit like I normally I, like you do in the beginning of the game because I've got a decent amount of money saved up, but also like, like I've even like even components and resources like that I could use. I'm like, I'm like being nitpicky on what I take. So that's kind of, uh, kind of frustrating in that, in that sense, but I found a way to work around it. It's not so frustrating, but it's not like, uh, it's, it's been a relief a little bit on that sense. I was like, I don't know where to put the shit anymore. Um, uh, I don't want to be like that person that took like 200,000 potatoes and put them on their ship uh even though it's really funny uh but um <laughs> yeah so i'm really good time with the game i'm loving the game the combat is really good like i said i, I put it on the scale of like that tier of like far cry where it's not it's not top tier but you know it's above middle tier um as far as combat goes it's it's just really fun to do like some of the weapons i'm getting are pretty awesome like i have one weapon like i have a shotgun that like shoots like radiation it's like on top of like you know when you hit them does radiation damage um so yeah, like and just finding like new weapons, upgrading. It's it's, it's just the, the the missions itself, the stories that you're, you're being told. Like I'm not saying it's like it's not top tier, but the stories are good enough. The side missions are deep enough, beefy enough. The characters are good enough that like I'm having a good time and I want to keep doing more with these characters. Like these worlds you're going to. Like, I guys went to this one place called like Neon, which is kind of like the uh, I can't remember the name of the. Remember that space station you go on in Mass Effect that's got like the. Um, it's like where all the, like the the like the bad people like all the pirates and shit go and there's like that the Omega, Omega. Yeah, it's basically the Omega of um, Starfield like I just went to that like on Wednesday I think and I've only been there for a few hours but just having a good time wandering around that area and just like getting in trouble starting starting some fun side missions like uh, like end up doing like a side mission where like um, I went to a hotel and the lady's like she has like a bunch of like hey give me a thousand credits you can just go in these people like she was like running like a hotel. Like, just give me like a thousand credits. Yeah, I'll give you the key and go to these people's like base of their hotel rooms and like take whatever they have. And sometimes like you get nothing. Like yeah. you, like literally like you'll get nothing. And some like I find a bunch of contraband and it's worth tens of thousands of dollars. I go and sell and make a bunch of profit on. So I uh, have some fun time with that. The only like kind of annoying like glitch I've had so far like is I did lose. So I've had two. Then like not gl- one wasn't a glitch. One was like just kind of frustrating like. It's a Bethesda game, so you always want to just be safe. You want to, like, just do a hard yep. save. Like, I always try to do a hard save, like, in every hour. I've only had one game crash so far, and I haven't had any other issues as far as, like, getting, like, stuck in any major loops. But I did have one moment where, like, I, I grab jump to another, like, another um, area. And, like, this is how you grab jump and you get to an area. There's a space battle going on, and you get caught in that space battle. If your ship is fast enough or you're faster than them, you can fly away then jump out. Uh, well, I jumped into a spot where I was, like, level, like, 13. And there was a, like a level twenty something, twenty seven or twenty, like double my level basically. 
and they wanted to get into me. They got to fight it with me and they were faster than me and obviously way stronger than me. And I feel like an hour trying to fight them and like just trying to like trying to run away or fight them. And I just couldn't. And I hadn't hard saved. Like I was just like getting the flow of the game front to hard save. And my last save was like two hours previous. So Ooh. I had to go back. Luckily, the only thing I like main thing I missed was like mostly the talking segment. So I was like, I was able to just hit X and or a, I guess on my Xbox and just fast forward. And I got through that stuff in like no time. And then just didn't go to that area. Um, even though it's like, it's kind of, I think it's kind of random when it happened. Um, and then I did one side mission today where I get to like do the whole part. Luckily I'd, I saved right for that big final like battle of that area. Um, but the, uh, main bad guy, like there's like a you know, fight, like a group of pirates and then like the main boss, the leader of those pirates, like his health would just keep regenerating back to hundred percent. So like I do some damage and then immediately shoot back up. And like, it was just kind of like, I, I got like a, I fought a guy for like 10 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I thought he was healing at first. And then I'm like, oh no, he's just like, he just won't take any damage. So I had to like, I reset it, went back in and it fixed that issue. Luckily, like I said, I saved right before that. And those are like the only two like real issues I've had. One wasn't a glitch. It was just like a really shitty random uh, encounter that happened in this one. That was like the one real glitch I had was just fighting this guy and he just, bolt sponge so uh but not, like, like I said, this game is fantastic i'm having a great time with it um eventually i will start the story mission maybe uh probably should because you know football's happening and also more combat's like a week and a half away so um that's something i want to get into so yeah but that's all i'm playing uh so yeah thank you guys so much for watching i was i was Tyler. and i've been colonel gables so until next time everyone Play some fun games. Definitely enjoy some Starfield, CF Stars, I mean, Final Fantasy 16, Tears of the Kingdom, or whatever the heck that you want to play at this moment in time. Not Vampire's Fire. But most importantly of all, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but most importantly of all that, you know, it's like, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. Yeah. See you, sweet man. See ya. <laughs>